Well, my doubt was I didn't have tons of resources. I didn't have a big network. I didn't have a big presence on social media. I, I didn't feel like my story was compelling. I mean, I had a number of doubts. But uh, yeah, I think that hopefully is an encouragement to someone listening. Is It's okay if, if you're facing some doubt and it's okay if you don't feel like uh, everything's aligned perfectly because there are people out there that, that will be able to understand the person that went through some self-doubt and felt like, well, what can I give? What can I share? And then worked through that and then ended up having a message that uh, that ended up being able to, to be exciting and something to look forward to. And when we started this show, I shared many of those same struggles. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, host of Starve the Doubts, Jared Easley. The subtitle of Jared's show is Overcoming Self-Doubts, and you'll hear how Jared being laid off was the beginning of his journey. This is a good one. Here's how my co-host John Ramstead got that conversation with Jared Easley started on this edition of Eternal Leadership. Steve, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have Jared Easley, and I first met Jared down at the Podcast Movement Conference last year. Yeah. And Steve, as you know, we were doing a lot of planning and work on just this podcast, and it was really just a seed of an idea. And, you know, at this conference, it was just a watershed event for me. I just heard so many great stories of people just... Uh, of being just authentic to who they are and just making an impact in people's lives. And we got back from that. And just a few months later, you and I launched this whole podcast. So Jared, thank you for what you're doing and welcome to Eternal Leadership. It's an honor to be here, John, and congratulations on your show. And and it's encouraging to hear the story of how you have had the idea and now you've implemented it. And now it's it's being a blessing to others and helping people. And I, I just love stories like that. Thanks for what you do, John. Well, and a big part of that, being able to tell that story is the work you're doing. And uh, I have so much I want to ask you, but I always love to start out, Jared, and just love to have you just kind of share your story and a little bit of background so people can get to know you here as we dive in. Well, sir, I was a project manager and I have a wife and a small daughter and we live in South Florida and I was following kind of the A plus B equals C model. Uh, This is the recipe for what you need to do to be successful within an organization and, and doing everything right. And um, December came and it was early December that particular year. And I got a call into the, the uh, CFO's office. No big deal. I'm friends with him. And you can imagine where this goes. I sit down and he tells me that they're cutting back people. And I was one of the lucky 10 uh, that got dropped that day. And I, I was let go. And, uh, I remember being a little frustrated with that, John, thinking I did everything I was supposed to do. I followed the rules. I, you know, worked insane hours at times. I, you know, went above and beyond to serve and and help the clients. And you know, there was no thing. There was nothing I could have done to really change that outcome. And that was a that was a disappointing moment for me. And but it was also a moment where I realized, hey, there's some other things that I feel compelled to do. And as long as I can be wise in the approach and I can get good advice and uh, take some smart steps, I, this is a season in my life where I feel like I can make that make that happen. And so I went forward. I'd been doing the podcast. I do a podcast similar to you. Uh, I have a show and I've been doing that for several months and I had a lot of good advice on that show. 
and I guess to fast forward, I started working on some different ideas, and, and one of the ideas was to start an event that was for podcasters that didn't really seem to exist, and we didn't have a <laughs> a big, um, I don't know, we didn't have a big background in creating events. We didn't have a success history, a successful history of, of doing that. We didn't have what some people would consider the things that are needed or required to go out and create something like what we've created with podcast movement. But what we did have is we had an idea. We had people in our network who had experience with those types of things that were willing to give us a little bit of their time and share their expertise and and what they would do if they were starting from scratch. And we also knew that there was ways to validate ideas um, through crowdfunding. We weren't in a position, John, to put a ton of resources into something that would potentially fail. And long story short, we got advice and we created a Kickstarter campaign and we asked our friends in our network, will you support this event? Will you speak at it? Will you share it with your network? And we launched uh, again thinking, okay, if this fails, we don't do it. If it if it is successful, we move forward. And we had a minimum number that we needed just to kind of prove that we could get started. And we thought, well, it'd probably take us about 30 days not having a, a big network to not have a big email list to make this work if it's going to work. We launched the Kickstarter campaign, John, and within nine hours, we had the minimum number that we needed. And that was an, a big aha for us. It was like, okay, the market is telling us what they want. They absolutely want this. Uh, the indicators were that we would not be successful, or certainly not this quickly. And then fast forward at the end of that 30-day campaign, we had over three times the amount that we needed to go and create something that didn't exist. And, and you were there last August. In Dallas, Texas, we had our first event with Podcast Movement. We had over 600 podcasters there, and it was pretty successful, and it went well, but it was a tremendous amount of work, as you can imagine. But it's it's so encouraging to hear stories like yours, John, of people who came to that event who were willing to support that idea, and now how that has uh, been a blessing to them. We've heard so many stories like you, John, who've, of people who've now uh, had a passion or had something that they feel compelled to share uh, maybe God's put that on their heart to to go out and, and do that, and now they're doing that in the form of a podcast, and it's having an impact and changing people's lives. Well, Jared, I'd love to even rewind a little bit, too. You know, the podcast you referred to that you're doing is called Star of the Doubts. It's one of my favorites. It's one of the few that's uh, that I listen to regularly. Uh, just with the, the limited time that I have, I, I can still, because of my accident, only work 20 hours a week. What was the the thought behind Star of the Doubts and how did you name it? You, you said something interesting when you when you got let go, you wanted to take a wise approach into what you were doing in the future. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Uh, well, uh, Star of the Doubts is not a what I would call sexy story, John, but, it, but it's an interesting story. And there might be some people who can relate to this. Is I felt a need to create a personal brand, to uh, be involved online, but I wasn't sure where to begin. And I didn't feel like I had some kind of incredible story that would resonate with people. I just felt like, well, who am I? I'm just kind of a normal guy. And what do I have to give? And and I'm glad I went through that process and that, that own self-doubt, if you will, because that led me to start exploring that. And, and what I found is uh, it's okay if you don't feel like you have a, a big story or you have some incredible uh, reservoir of, of expertise or knowledge to share with people, it's it's okay if that's you. Uh, and what you can do 
and and John can testify to this is you don't know everything and it's okay to not know everything but you can have conversations with people who do uh, have a lot of wisdom in certain areas and you can share those in the form of a podcast and that will be valuable to other people who decide to check that out so I started just like that I, I, was, I didn't have the best idea but I thought you know I want to start a podcast and I'll have conversations with people and let's just see where that goes. And uh, the idea for the name was Starve the Doubts. I, that was a message that a family member had shared with me when I was much younger. And when I was younger, I didn't fully appreciate it, understand it. But he had told me, if you want to be successful, and I was probably maybe 18 at the time, 18 or 19. If you want to be successful, there's you know a couple things you need to do in life. Uh, you need to treat others the way that they want to be treated. Um, you know, always... Um, always be yourself and then you need to starve the doubts right and uh i and what i found over time is is there's some really good takeaways from that and in the way you treat people and and finding your authentic voice and authentic self and then when you have those doubts in your life you need to be able to navigate that you need to be able to determine uh, what's a good doubt versus what's something that's uh just you know holding me back and so, yeah, started the podcast, and, and my first idea, John, was to interview some of these top, top-notch people, and I, I uh, maybe was a little selfish, and I'll confess this to you and your audience, that I had this idea that I could interview these experts and these, these mega stars in the online space, and, and by interviewing them, that would immediately give me this credibility, and it would immediately give me this large audience, because hey, here's somebody who's interviewed a big person or a big name. And some of those people that are gracious enough to read their books or or follow what they're doing would naturally start following me. And I'm uh, a little embarrassed to admit that that wasn't the case. While these uh, some of these folks were very generous, John, and gracious to give me some of their time, it was never their responsibility to help me grow a podcast. And so I I will uh, admit that I was a little sad when I was fortunate to interview some folks, but they were not necessarily sharing the interview. (laughs) And I actually went through a little stage of bitterness. I was like, oh, these people are mean, you know, they're, but they weren't mean. They just, it wasn't their responsibility to do that. I had to learn that the hard way. But the the positive thing that came from that is I, I began to appreciate these are really busy people that have a lot of success and they have been kind to give me just a little bit of their time, a little bit of their wisdom. And so I started out with a lot of uh, conversations with people that fit that type of um, example. And then I realized a little bit into the podcast that I needed to change it up because while I was excited about those conversations, there wasn't many people who were hearing them. And the only way for me to get people to hear them is I needed to start uh, providing different ways, uh, different types of topics, and, and ex- I guess featuring different people that would be willing to share it. And so I had to, I had to change up what I was doing, John. So I've, I've been doing the podcast now for two years. April 17th was the two-year anniversary of the podcast. And it's funny to look back now over 200 episodes and see how an idea that wasn't perfect has now turned into something that has ultimately allowed me to write my first self-published book uh, that was a number one bestseller on Amazon for whatever that's worth. Uh, it's allowed me to create a business with uh, a couple of business partners that is now successful and then that's growing. It's also allowed me to get my first traditionally published book deal. 
Uh, it's allowed me to, to become a speaker at different conferences and events. It's just created all these different doors that weren't even available that didn't exist. And, um, I, I now piecing together an outline for star of the doubts that will turn into a traditionally published book later. And just going through that outline and kind of thinking back all the things that have happened over two years and the stories and the takeaways, I just get really excited about it to see how amazing uh, God has been in those two years to allow me to go from uh, a position of, of not knowing what to do and a lot of uncertainty to now having a lot of clarity and having something that's valuable that's really going to potentially bless a lot of people and give them uh, encouragement and give them uh, a framework, if you will, on how they can navigate different doubts that they have to go and fulfill the potential that God has for them. Well, you know you know what's standing out to me, Jared, is you know, you chose podcasting as, as your vehicle, and you know, there's a lot of different vehicles we can choose as we follow this calling in our life. So if you go back to that point when you were looking at launching this, what was your, your vision of what you wanted to do? Because I, I think there's so many people out there that you know, they want to make an impact in their lives. They want to do something that's a little more significant. And what were some of your big doubts early on uh, as you moved into this whole new direction, and how did you overcome them? Well, my doubt was I didn't have tons of resources. I didn't have a big network. I didn't have a big presence on social media. I, I didn't feel like my story was compelling. I mean, I had a number of doubts, John, and uh, I'm glad – in a sense that I had those things because it allowed me to start really exploring those and looking at each one and realizing that a lot of that was just um, me and telling myself a bunch of trash. It was, it wasn't really um, that, that didn't have to determine the direction that I was going in or the outcome. And so I'm thankful that I had conversations on the podcast to help to figure that out. And so, yeah, in a way uh, you know, I've had over, 200 coaches, if you will, in the last two years have given me some of their best advice that I've now been able to apply. But uh, yeah, I think that hopefully is an encouragement to someone listening is it's okay if, if you're facing some doubt and it's okay if you don't feel like uh, everything's aligned perfectly. That could be a wonderful place to start because there's going to be some people as they learn about you and they learn about your story and as they learn about your journey and the progress that you're making and what you feel led to do, they're going to be able to relate to you on a level that they're not going to be able to relate to this. Uh, I'm just going to come up with a random example. This this NBA superstar who's been an all-star multiple years and then, you know, written, written a New York Times bestselling book. I mean, that, that's just a random example. But I think you get the idea, John, is is there are people out there that, that will be able to understand the person that went through some self-doubt and felt like, well, what can I give? What can I share? And then worked through that, and then ended up having a message that uh, that ended up being able to to be exciting and something to look forward to. So I I, I think that hopefully is an encouragement. I, I went through those doubts, and I, I guess the advice I would give is continue to listen to shows like this, keep hitting play, because this podcast is going to encourage you. It's going to help you to think about what's the bigger story, what are my values, uh, what are my strengths, uh, what are ways that I can create an impact. And if you're asking those types of questions and you're thinking through each of these episodes, that's going to set you up perfectly to, to start making steps toward whatever it is you feel led to pursue. 
Well, you know, if you look back over the last two years, Jared, and you talked about, you know, learning from what two, three hundred coaches and mentors, have you interviewed them and all the work you've done? What are what are some of the most surprising things that you've learned? <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I remember one time this guy, a good friend of mine named Jody Mayberry. He's got a great story too. But uh, he had come to me and said, "Hey, I met this lady. I think she'd be a great guest for your podcast." And she, you know, she's a homeschool mom and has six kids and I, I don't know. I just remember hearing him tell that. And I was thinking that, that, I don't know. That just didn't sound like somebody I'd probably have on the show, but I really trusted my friend Jody. And I, um, we set up the interview and I talked with this lady named Sarah McKenzie. And it turns out she, uh, you know, she's doing amazing things in the space that she's in. And she just has a huge, amount of moms out there that just love her and you know really appreciate her and we we had her on the show and it ended up being one of the most downloaded episodes of the entire catalog and i've been fortunate john not to brag or to sound like i'm uh you know name dropping but i've had some pretty big guests on the show that there will be some of your listeners that recognize names and they haven't even come close to the number of listens and the feedback that I got from interviewing this lady named Sarah. So that that's a key right there is sometimes it's easy to look at people. John, I've been guilty of this where I look at people and I say, oh, you know, I don't think it makes real. It may not make a lot of sense to align with that person. It may not make a lot of sense to collaborate with that person. I'm, I'm going to encourage people today to not necessarily accept that initial thought. Um, don't judge a book by its cover because my friend and business partner now, Dan Franks, when we first met, he wasn't where he is now. He was just doing a little podcast, and he used to be a former professional wrestler, which is interesting. He would travel to high school gyms around the country and do, like, WWE wrestling, John, like body slamming and clotheslining people. Like, that's his background. He got injured. He got out of that, but now he's a CPA. And he and I met through podcasting. Fast forward now, we're working together. We're business partners he is one of the most innovative people I've met. He's one of the hardest workers I've met. And he's very smart from a business standpoint. And I feel so blessed and fortunate that he and I are working together. And I think it would have been real easy for me to say, oh, this guy's some wrestler and his podcast is kind of, it's okay, but it's not great. That's probably not a good person to work with. And I'm thankful that <laughs> I didn't fall into that trap early on because now he's continuing to develop and grow professionally and he's become highly sought after. He's, he's getting asked to speak at all kinds of events. People are pulling on him that want, you know, want to pick his brain and want to, you know, potentially hire him for projects. And I, I just think, wow, that wasn't the case a couple of years ago. So I, I think that's one big takeaway. There's many others, but that's one that stands out to me right out of the gate. So, you know, through this journey, as you've sought to create this impact, Jared, what, what are what's the role your faith has played through this? It sounds like that's uh, a very important component for you. It absolutely is. My, I mean, every day I'm on the YouVersion Bible app on my phone. I made a commitment a few years ago that every day I was going to read the Bible. And I pull up this app. It's free. It has a Bible in, the, in a year plan. I never read the Bible all the way through, John. And I decided a few years ago, okay, I'm going to start doing that. And I'm now, this will be my fifth year straight that I will have read the Bible all the way through in a year. And I can tell you that since I've started being faithful and committed to that, because I felt like that's what God wanted me to do, 
I've literally seen God change my life. I, I don't uh, pretend that everything's perfect. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I believe God has allowed me to connect with the right people. I believe he's given me clarity. He's given me wisdom on when to make decisions and when to back away. He's given me discernment on the different people to work with and the different people I didn't need to waste time on. Um, I, I think that uh, he's given me discernment in the sense of, hey, I need to put down the business and I need to go spend time with my wife and daughter. And that leads into a whole new conversation of, of why do we do what we do? You know, but uh, I, I absolutely believe that um, God is, is giving me a message to share, that he's given me wisdom on what to do, and he's providing opportunities for me to now go out and encourage people. And, um, you know, I, I think a big reason to that is I'm reading the Bible every day. I'm seeking God. I'm asking for his wisdom. And we know from, you know, the Bible that he, he says if, if we seek him, we'll find him. Uh, if we commit to the Lord what we do, he gives us success. And, and that's not an, an egotistical thing, John. That's not a vanity thing. Uh, it's, it's the Bible. It, it, he, he says that the, gener- uh, the, um, the diligent prosper, right? And so I, I pray for that. I ask God, help me, you know, help me to be diligent in what I do. Help me to be wise with what I do. Help me to be um, somebody who's providing value to, and help me to be humble. You know, help me to do things not for my own ego, but for your glory. And, and I see God really working in my life, in my marriage, in my relationships, in my finances, in my health, just every aspect of my life. But I believe the reason that those things are happening is because I'm seeking God first every day. I'm not perfect, but I've made a commitment to do that, and I believe that God's blessing that. You know, when you're talking about you know the diligence and, and prospering, were, were there times that you had any doubts as you as you just were reading the Bible and growing in your faith and trying to connect and live out your calling? Uh, any low points, and you just had to really kind of tuck in and reconnect. <laughs> I, I've had a number of low points. Um, but God has sustained me through those a little, it could be something little that may not seem like a big deal, but it felt like a big deal. Like going to the grocery store one day, this was last year. And I remember, um, you know, working really hard on some things and, and we were having to be really uh, careful with money and, and we didn't have a lot of money coming in cause we were fully invested in podcast movement. And I remember going to the store to pick up a couple things for a recipe that my wife had from Pinterest and I, you know, pick up maple syrup and something else, walk to the counter, swipe my check card and it, uh, and it, it didn't go through. I, I didn't have enough money in the account. And I remember being so embarrassed in that moment, John, I didn't have cash on me. Uh, we're, we're real conscious of, of being smart and not trying to use credit cards um, but I remember just in that moment, just thinking, ah, what's the point? You know, I'm, I'm working so hard on this stuff. I feel led to do this. And yet I'm in a position where I can't even buy maple syrup, maple syrup, you know? And, and I remember driving home to my wife, embarrassed. I felt defeated. I was discouraged. And I just prayed in the car ride on the, on the way home. I thought, God, you know, I, I feel like you've told me to do the things I'm doing. I don't want to be reckless. I don't want to be foolish with money. I don't want to be someone who can't uh, take care of my wife and daughter and be irresponsible. Uh, this is an embarrassing moment for me, but I believe that uh, you have uh, allowed this for a reason, and, and I just pray that your will would be done. And, and I went home and I explained it to my wife, and, and you know that was a low point. <laughs> that was a discouraging moment. 
uh, if I'm being real vulnerable and honest. And I, I've had little things like that. Thankfully, that's not a common occurrence. But there's been situations where I've had to, I've had to say, oh man, you know, I need to, you know, really be smart about what I'm doing. So. Well, you know, every day is a choice. You know, you talk about starve the doubts, but you had a choice in that moment to turn toward God and lift up that prayer, or to be a little angry or embarrassed. So, when when you made that choice, the A choice, what did you notice, Jared? I'm reminded constantly that, that God gives us our daily bread, and that being rich is not defined by money. And it's so easy to get caught in that, and I get caught in it. Um, but I spend time with my four-year-old daughter, and I hear her laugh, and we go to the park, or you know, we go swimming because you can do that most of the year in South Florida. And I realize that true, uh, true wealth, or, or what it means to really be rich, is is found in your relationships. It's found in, in probably what you have already. And John, I'm sure you can testify to this. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a good thing to pursue success because. If you can pursue success, you can increase your influence, and if you can increase your influence, uh, you can um, help a lot of people if, if that's what you feel led to do and that's what God's telling you to do. Um, you want to pursue success for those reasons, but I think if people are real honest, if they ask themselves a the question, what what's really important in my life? Why am I putting in the hours that I'm putting in? Why am I... Uh, so, uh, you know, passionately pursuing whatever it is I feel like I'm pursuing. Uh, I think if they really take a step back and look at what matters, it's it's their family. It's people that love them. It's the people that they care about. And I've been guilty, John, of, of putting a little more time into work than I, I do with my family. And um, I, I think there's moments like that that God allows me to have those to remind me, hey, you're already rich. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm taking care of you, and what you're seeking is not a bad thing, but you need to be seeking me first. And I, I, I'm thankful for those moments. And whatever comes of my career, whether it's this amazing financial success or not, I believe God has already blessed me with incredible wealth, uh, with my wife, with my daughter and their support, and then just the friends he's blessed me with through this online space and through the podcasting, the lives that are being changed through shows like yours, John, because you were encouraged to start it because of an event that you attended and podcast movement, just so many stories like that. I was, I was at new media expo in Vegas in the uh, national association of broadcasters uh, event this past week. And this guy had reached out to me ahead of time. He's like, I'm coming from Alaska just to meet you. Hmm. And I thought that's interesting. And, I, and then I met him in person and, and he was so excited to meet me. And, and he gives me this bottle of wine and it's from Alaska. He's like, I, I brought this all the way from Alaska just to give to you, just to say, thank you. Like what your show has, has meant a lot to me. And, and I sat with him for an hour and a half and we talked and, and that was just a, a, a moment where I realized, man, the things that, that I'm doing now, there are many, many days when I think, man, there, there's probably not a lot of people listening. There's probably not a lot of people that are being impacted by, by this. Cause I'm not hearing about it on a regular basis, but then I meet Joe from Alaska and he hands me a bottle of wine. And it reminds me that, man, this is, this is why I'm being, um, that being called to do what I'm doing, it, it's having an impact on people, even in, even if I don't see it every day. And yeah, that's not an excuse to be reckless. It's not an excuse to not be prudent and not be smart and be practical. Those things are important. Uh, but I think hopefully the encouragement and the takeaway here is if you ask yourself what's really important and what really matters, 
there are people in your life, there are relationships, there are your family, and you don't have to go out and have this amazing success story or, or hit this certain number in your bank account to already be successful and to already be wealthy in a relationship sense. That's what I think is uh, really what, what it means to be rich is to have those relationships. And most people do have those. Well, you know what I find so encouraging about that story, Jared, is, you know, I love in uh, Daniel Henderson's book, The Deeper Life, he talks about an inheritance is, you know, what you leave to people, but mm -hmm. a, a legacy is what you leave in people. And, and, and by really, you know, following this calling and, and and going through the hard work that it took to to get where you are now, people don't know this, but you were just written up in Entrepreneur Magazine for what you're doing that just started out as this idea just a couple of years ago. And it's impacted my life and, and like, you know, Joe and, you know, all of us that are listening, we can all have, th think about how good that feels when somebody from our past has reached out to us and said, you know what, that interaction I had with you, the relationship with you just meant so much to me. And, you know, that's some of the best days that I have is when somebody reaches out that I that I had an impact on. And to, to have more of that, to do more of that, to to do that work here in the kingdom while we're here alive on this planet is, uh, for me, that just gets the, the energy flowing, the passion flowing. And and I love that. So, you know, what, you know, people that are, I guess, seeking to move in that direction, to have that life of significance and impact, Jared, what, what advice would you give them? I would say it starts with your relationship with God and, and what, whatever status that is. If nothing else, uh, I would encourage you to sitting in your car or, or on your run or, or doing dishes or whatever you're doing as you listen to a podcast. I would encourage you to just say a prayer, uh, just like the scripture tells us, if you seek God, uh, seek me and you'll find me. And I, I think just pray and say, God, I want you to uh, reveal to me what your will is for my life. Uh, you know, I want you to show me what it is that you have for me. And I want me, I want to be able to pursue that. And I believe that God will do that. I believe he'll answer that prayer and he'll give you wisdom on what that is. And I think also uh, relationships matter. Collaboration is key. I think a lot of people uh, unfortunately fall into a trap of thinking, I'm, I'm just going to go and be Superman and try to do everything themselves. And um, they're not necessarily equipped to do everything perfectly on their own. Most people can't. And what I found is when I'm working with other people, it increases the visibility of the project and it increases the likelihood of success. Obviously, you want to be aligned with the right people, but I think noticing other people, generously noticing other people is so valuable and it's played such a big part in, in the progress that uh, has happened in my life over the last few years. Uh, it's like the, um, the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, people love to hear their name. They love to be noticed. Uh, Pat Flynn said recently on one of his SPI TV videos that he talked about conferences, is one of his biggest takeaways for going to conferences and, and growing your network is be more interested in the other person than you were trying to be interesting. And I, I just thought, man, if, right. imagine if people just That's really felt advice. that way. Yeah, if, if, they, if people live that, that way, said, hey, I'm, I'm more interested in, in what you're up to, and it was okay that, that you don't have to be the person saying, well, let me tell you about me, and let me tell you about me, and <laughs> did I mention this? Uh, there's a lot of people like that, and that, in my most cases, doesn't end up uh, fostering strong relationships. So I think that's a good advice, is seek God first, ask for his will on, on what it is you feel led to do, or, or to give you wisdom on what that is, and then uh, definitely collaborate and notice other people generously, try to be more interested in what they're doing 
uh, and you trying to be interesting, I think that can create a rapport that over time generates reciprocity where people are saying, we just really love John because John is always uh, so gracious and kind and, and looking out for us and interested in what we're doing. And when you got a number of people saying those types of comments, John, people listen to that. They say, I keep hearing about this guy, John. That's interesting. You know, he must be up to something that, that matters. Uh, so that that's how you create the army, as I call it. You create the army by first noticing other people and by generously and authentically noticing them, not in a, a selfish way, but in a way that's serving them. They appreciate it. That creates that rapport. And over time, rapport yields reciprocity where they're saying things like, John is amazing. And you get enough people saying that, people listen to that. Well, I, lo- I love that thought. Be more interested in other people than being concerned about being interesting. It reminds me of the saying, people don't uh, care uh, People don't uh, care what you know until they know that you care. And, and you're just talking about coming from the, you know, this, this heart that you talked about earlier, about how you're treating others and being authentic to yourself. And, you know, that gets back to a question I have. You, you talked about, you know, seeking God and really finding, you know, his will for your life and, and just talking with a lot of people you know, getting some clarity on that piece right there uh, is a struggle for some folks. And how did you connect the dots in, in that in your life, Jared? I've been fortunate to talk to a lot of people through the podcast and get advice. And I know there's some who will hear this that say, well, I don't have a podcast yet. I'm not in a position uh, maybe to ask a lot of people. And I think in those situations, uh, what I would do is I would make sure I'm listening to good shows like this. I would make sure that I'm reaching out to fellow listeners of good shows like this, that maybe that's in a Facebook group or maybe that's just in the comments section on the website. Uh, Start trying to figure out ways to surround yourself with people who are making progress, who have similar values and that want to uh, have positive results that you uh, are also pursuing. And that could be attending conferences as well. What are some conferences that you feel like are, are valuable in the space that you're interested in? Uh, surround yourself with people like that. You know, what are the Facebook groups that are on those topics? You know, who are the people in those groups that seem to, to share your values and share information or share an insight that uh, you feel is, is, you know, something that resonates with you? I think, you know, reading good books, obviously that's, that's good. Listening to audiobooks if you can't read them. Um, there, there's a number of ways uh, to, to connect. It, it, it starts with, you know, what do you have in common with someone else? You know, is it you've read a similar book or you've attended a similar event? Uh, also, meetups. I, I think the power of meetups are so good. I, I heard uh, Tony Robbins say this one time. He said, proximity is power. And what I've found is in your local area, you might be surprised at the number of people uh, that are interested in similar things and that want the same things that you want that you can help each other grow and help each other navigate the, the different challenges that come with that. I found a tremendous value in that. I, I remember struggling a few years ago when I moved to South Florida and my wife is originally from here. And I made a comment to my mom. I was like, yeah, you know, my, it's great that we're around my wife's family, but I kind of want my own friends. I miss my own friends. And, sure. and at the time, you know, I had a, a small baby and, and we had the, you know, uh, different work responsibilities and home responsibilities. I just didn't have at the time, I didn't feel like I had the bandwidth to go out and try to make friends. And I wasn't even sure to where to begin. And what worked for me was being active in the church, uh, you know, and if church is something that is not for you or you're not able to 
uh, to be involved with for whatever reason. What other things are interesting to you? Is it public speaking? There's, there's Toastmasters. Toastmasters is amazing networking. Uh, you can just go and, and connect with people that also value public speaking. Um, are, are you interested in entrepreneurship? There's, it's likely that on meetup.com, there's different groups in your city or in your area that uh, share that interest. So I, I think really consider looking locally and, and connecting with people that way. And it could start online if, if you're not an uh, extrovert and, and you feel, oh, I'm a little shy. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable going to these public places. Well, start online. Start with a Facebook group. Start on Twitter. Start in a way that's comfortable. You can engage people in a way that, that's not going to be awkward for you. And over time, when you do see those people at a meetup or you see them at a conference or you see them out and about, you feel like you have a little bit of a rapport with them. You feel like you have a little bit of a friendship with them already. And it, it uh, definitely sets you up to build a good connection. Well, Jared, as, as we wrap up here, people have been listening to this journey you've been on and it's just great advice. And uh, this has been Really good for me to hear also. What what final thoughts would you like to leave with people? <laughs> well, I would say, number one, keep listening to this podcast. And I'm not, not saying that to be cheesy. I really believe that. I love what John's doing. I love his story. So keep hitting play on this podcast. And then also really evaluate what, what are the things in your life, if you were to make a list of things, if, if life was limited, uh, limitless, excuse me, if life was limitless possibilities, uh, what would you want to do? What would be your bucket list or your to-do list, as some people like to call it, because they don't like the word bucket list? What would be on your to-do list? Would it be to go to Hawaii? Would it be to run a marathon? Would it be to be on the TV show Survivor? I don't know. Is it to write a book? You know, what is it that you would do? And then start uh, start figuring out the steps that you could take in the time that you have and the resources that you have to start pursuing that goal. Who's accomplished that? Who could you reach out to on Twitter or who could you reach out to online and, and get advice on how they do it? What book could you read that could take you a step closer to that? I think that is, uh, you know, you don't win unless you get in the game. If you're sitting on the sideline, you just can't win. So be willing to get in the game. And it could be as simple as, as hitting play on this podcast, but it might be something deeper as, as making a list and then figuring out how to take steps to accomplish something on that to-do list. Well, I'd love to echo what you said, because, you know, it was a year ago as, you know, I really tried to focus on God's will, and I just felt what he was telling me was to just equip and inspire leaders to accomplish what God has inspired in them. And I had no idea how to do that, Jared, and, and I did what you're talking about. I, I went and got around people that were doing that. I went to some conferences, developed some great new relationship, people that became mentors. And you know what? That... that you know, it's all these, just these little steps, but you just need to have, kind of have that courage of kind of where to step. And, and if you step in the wrong spot, you know, how do you step in the better spot next time? And, and then all of a sudden you start getting velocity and momentum toward this area of your life that just gives you the passion that you're sitting there in bed, laying at night going, if I could do that, that would be so incredible. That would just feel so good. And you start moving in that direction and that's really what's given me so much fulfillment in my life today. So uh, I love that you shared that. If you'd like more information about Jared or his show, Star of the Doubts, just go to eternalleadership.com slash 076. That's eternalleadership.com slash 076. And as always, that link is embedded in the summary of this MP3. Next time on Eternal Leadership, Executive Coach and Professional Christian Coaching Institute faculty member, Cheryl Scanlon. Where is the pressure coming from right now? Is it pressure to perform, to make the numbers, 
to please? Is it a compulsion? I'm compelled or am I pressured? I believe the compulsion comes from the spirit. The pressure comes from the world. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Eternal Leadership.